What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the Boys 161st Street, episode 172. Today is October 21st. Uh, There's a lot going on that isn't Yankee baseball, but there has been a lot that actually has happened that is Yankees baseball, and that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, Today is Thursday. By the time you're listening to this, if you're not listening live in the YouTube chat, I should just start this whole intro over. It's been, this is bad, but I'm not going to. We keep keep the tape rolling, so. You're killing it. No, I'm absolutely rocking it. So if you're still with us, <laughs> if, you, if you stuck around after that horrible opening, we do have a lot to talk about here today. So Boone was extended three years. It's probably what we're going to talk about first. We wanted to take a deep dive, not necessarily into all free agents, because the year, we don't want to go into all the free agents kind of just unorganized just yet, at least. I, I, I want to spend more time, like last time we talked about Correa, and we kind of went into just him today. We want to talk about Matt Olson because a lot of people started to talk about it. Generally, at this point right now, whoever tends to be the rumor around Yankee Land and Yankee Twitter will we'll take a deep dive on that first because right now we don't know who's actually going to be available because the season isn't over yet. So once the offseason starts churning around there, we'll, we'll really do like offseason plans, stuff like that. But for now, we do have a lot to talk about and... Uh, we also have the 161 awards today. So if anybody is fans of the office, it'll be similar to the Dundies and it's the first annual last episode. We did the nominations. Uh, we put those polls out for everybody to answer. So you guys, the listeners, the followers, the 161 faithful decided who won these awards. We just nominated them. You guys did the voting. We're going to announce those today. We're going to do that after we do a little bit of the housekeeping and talk a little bit about, you know, the other Yankee stuff that isn't as exciting as the 161 awards. But before we get today's show started, we wanted to make sure that uh, we're all feeling good. So Chandler, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Better now because Chandler, uh, actually some, I mean, some life news. Chandler is going to be moving to the city about a five minute walk away from us. So uh, this Woo! potentially is one of the last yeah, snaps for Chandler. <laughs> It's one of the last episodes you'll be recording from South Carolina, so that's a big move for you. So how do you feel about that? You'll be closer to Yankee Stadium, so you'll be be easier to... He's moving to um, come, you know, record with us full-time. That's why. Right now, I'm more excited about Supply House than Yankee Stadium. Not going to be a lot of of stuff happening there for a few months, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I hope everything works out, and I actually am five minutes away from you, so... But it is confirmed that I will be there within the next like two weeks. So it's fucking exciting, exciting stuff. It's very, very exciting. We met this man on the internet, and now look how far we can. Look at us. Who would have thought? I know. So not me. Aaron Boone is a Yankee. Well, a Yankee still coach a still Yankee. for the next three years. Boo. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not shocked at all. I'm not shocked. But not that doesn't I'm mean 
I'm not shocked, but that does not mean that I have to be okay with it. Here's why. It doesn't I, mean I can't be upset. Yes, I'm. I'm disappointed, and here's the reason why I'm not like entirely furious. Um, mostly because one, like, there wasn't a ton of like glaring head coaches that were were, were like the perfect fit to come and take the job. Um, that's reason number one, in my opinion. Reason number two is that we fired fucking everybody else. There's no other coaches really left besides Matt Blake. The first, uh, first base coach left. Third base coach was, uh, fired. Both hitting coaches were fired. So there's change happening and people are getting cut and making room for arguably people who have, you know, more of an influence on the team than a head coach does or a manager does. So I'm... I'm happy with that aspect that they're actually doing things. And that's why I'm not like furious at the whole situation. Again, I'm disappointed. But um, again, I think this, this season, I know previous seasons are a little bit different, but this season particularly, um, you know, I don't think all the boom, all the blame goes on Boone. I think, you know, obviously we talk about this all the time, but um, yeah. What are you saying, Chandler? No, I just like, obviously the, the blame's not all on Boone. I'm kind of shocked it was three years. I don't really think he deserves three years plus an option year. I think, if nothing else, it kind of just proves how much of a puppet he is, I guess, for lack of a better term. I'm not I'm not mad, like, punching air or anything, as Luke likes to say. I just I, – I'm not surprised because we yeah. all knew it was coming, so I'm not, I'm not mad. It's just – I think it's telling enough – if you have to fire everybody and then their words, not mine, find a yin to his yang. Like if your manager can't fire up his own guys or make decisions and you have to fire everybody and then search extra hard to find somebody to keep your head coach in check and to get the team where they need to be. If you're hiring assistants to get your manager where he needs to be, I think that's all you need to know about the manager. But He's at the end of the day, he's not going to win or lose them a division probably. If had mm-hmm. he made some better decisions in the last off se- or the last season, the current season, whatever. Yeah, we may have won one or two more games. We lost the East by ten, so who fucking cares? Maybe we host it. Maybe things are different. But again, that's all speculative, and a lot of the stuff wasn't his fault. On top of that, so. Uh, you, you can't change the past. You can't just look at a specific instance and be like, well, if he had done X, then outcome Y would have occurred. No. But my whole thing is if you have to find coaches that bring out the best in him and you have to br- get all these guys to fill in roles that he can't do, he shouldn't be the head of the ship. Yeah, but I think that I agree with that. But I also feel like from like what you mentioned before, um, you know, I feel like his impact is very much game to game in terms of he, yes, he makes some questionable bullpen decisions or lineup decisions or pinch hitting or whatever it may be. Like some of those things are questionable and some of those things, yes, may have lost us baseball games. Um, however, the assistant coaches, like the hitting coaches and people who are actually developing players, um, those are a little more long-term season-wide impact. And how are they more long-term than the head coach? I see coach? what you mean. 
Because the head coach is... You mean, like, because, like, the on-the-ground level, like, actually making players better versus making moves in well, the game? Yes. yes, the head coach okay. is then making I agree. decisions <laughs> what else, you think These guys are teaching them, like, that, for instance, the perfect thing. that Marcus Timms, Tams, whatever the fuck. Versus was, Matt Blake, I know. Well, no, well, Tams, Timms... Matt Blake did a great job is, this year. No, but that is a good, that is a good analogy. Yeah. I don't well, know if that's where you were going with it. No, I was going to say, he's the one that brought in, I know that bringing in gallon stuff like that there's some of it built in already but he is ultimately responsible for the hitting approach and the yes. lack of situational hitting the strikeouts the grounding into double plays shit like that falls on the hitting coach obviously not all of it the players still have to play whatever whatever for that crowd out there who thinks that everything's fine and dandy yes i understand the players still have to play but at the end of the day the people the hitting coaches the pitching coaches. Look at the difference between Matt Blake and Larry Rothschild. Yeah. That's all you need to know about what the positional coaches and the assistants can do is just look at that year over year, yeah, just the no. massive change that it makes. I'm with Having you. somebody with a different philosophy and a better understanding of what they're doing. I'm with you, and I'm somebody who wasn't really on the train of, you know, especially assistant coaches and smaller coaches like that. I'm even a proponent of the, the the head coach not really having that much of a impact on a on a season, let alone a, a game here and there. I know decisions like you were mentioning before obviously have an impact on the game, but I've always been a person that is you know blame. A lot of the blame goes on the players because the players evidently are the one playing the game. So you know I, I've never been a big person who thinks that any coach has an impact, let alone a bench coach or a hitting coach or a pitching coach, but seeing that year over year change of what happened from Larry Rothschild to Matt Blake, granted it, it was a complete 180 in the philosophy of pitching. He brought in a lot of the analytics and he's that's, that's what they brought him in as. And I think that's probably the best moment that the Yankees have had with analytics. Every other thing has kind of crashed and burned. So I'm glad to see that at least worked out and maybe definitely that can stick around. And, you know, pitching is one of the roles of baseball that analytics make the most sense in because you look at things like spin rate, you look at things like what what to do with different pitches and all these things and, you know, different breaks and, and you know. What pitch to really rely on. All of that. That, that, all that this, was one of the big things that Matt Blake brought in was, like, the, the usability of the changeup was, like, one of the biggest things that he implemented into the pitcher's strategy. And that's, that's something that, again yeah, – what Chandler was saying about approach and strategy and that kind of thing, that's where these coaches really can have some sort of, like, impact on it. Like, yeah. like Boone isn't doing that. So I, But Boone isn't the one on the ground level teaching, so I, I do agree with what you were saying before. I'm sorry for interrupting because they are actually supposed to be the ones teaching things. But the, the reason why I've never been a big proponent of this is because you are professional baseball players. How much teaching are you really going to... To, it's it's like not, it, it is going to help a little bit. It refines some things here and there, but at the end not of the day, teaching things, it's spotting things. I agree. These and guys I know. play every single day, take thousands and thousands and thousands of reps in a week. Eventually, you're going to develop bad habits, whether it be from fatigue or whatever. These guys are making money to spot the deficiency. If you're out there and you've been, like I said, you're taking thousands of swings in a week between cages and games and all this other shit. And then you get tired, one small change, and you're off for a month. You're paying this guy to come in, spot that quick, and flip it around so you don't have the 
Gallo slump, which probably isn't the best example because that's part of his game. But you don't have these prolonged slumps because you have somebody who can recognize it early, diagnose it, and get a change in. So I agree. I don't think it's teaching as much as spotting it and correcting, tweaking. Yeah. So I think that's enough Boone talk. We've talked at length about you know the coaching staff and how we feel about it. None of us are really that upset about it because, it, like we said, the impact, while it is there and we're noticing it, is still minuscule and it's mainly on the players. So that's why, I don't, for those of you who are really upset about the Boone coming back, it's not really going to have that big of an impact. Yes, I would like to have a new manager, and yes, the idea of bringing a new manager in would be what I was mainly hoping that Boone would not come back for is because then that's showing, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to try and change some things. Like, I mean, that that's the mainly re- the reason why I wanted that. And, and it's just a breath of fresh air with a new... Like, you, you can go into the next season and not know that, like, you're going to get the same old shit. So that's the reason why I want to do that. What I wanted to move on to talk about was... What, we talked a lot about Correa last episode and our feelings about that. And if you didn't hear that, go check that out. It's episode 171. So uh, we talked at length about that. Right now, I wanted to bring it back up a little bit because... You know, we assume the Yankees are going to be buyers. They didn't really have that big of an offseason last offseason. I think they're going to spend some money. They got a lot of money. That's kind of obvious. So Buster only comes out and said the expectation is that the New York Yankees will land a shortstop in the winter, and that will likely be Correa or Corey Seager. So that's that's cool to see a name like Buster only talk about that because a lot of the time – it's people on Twitter just saying like, "Hey, here's my off-season plan for the Yankees," and it's fucking some like like hoodie, hoodie, Glaber or hoodie, Odor, and just like a member of the hoodie gang breaking news about his his franchise mode plans in MLB The Show, and it's cool to see that somebody actually with a reputable name is talking about these two names that because we're the Yankees, and yes, all every off-season we're like, "Oh, I want Garrett Cole, we got him," I I want. Trevor Story. I want this guy that offseason, just the top name. So it's cool to see that two of the top names that are in the biggest need are being talked about with the Yankees. I was watching MLB Network earlier today. As much as everybody hates John Heyman, he was talking about his his moves and where he thinks he thinks the Yankees will get Corey Seager. That's cool to see. I just like seeing analysts say all these things. Granted, we don't know anything. The Dodgers are currently still playing baseball, so they're not fucking worried about where they're where they're going in the offseason. Same with the Astros, too. Although they did ask Correa, like we talked about the last episode about it, like in the Spanish interview, and they were talking about like where you want to go. I don't know when that was recorded, but like if he's talking about that now, it's kind of uh, and that makes me think he's going to have a, a Bauer like offseason in like the, the way he's going to go about it. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy to see that. And yeah, I, I'm just excited. The, the and and to top it all off, Cashman had that press conference, too. And he mentioned that we were going to go. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said we're gonna we're gonna we have an area of need at shortstop. We're gonna go after it. So it's it's nice to see yeah. all these things lining up for. We are going to get a shortstop. Glaber is not the answer at shortstop. He's going to go back to second base. Maybe that makes him better to be more comfortable there for the full season. Hopefully, he might get an award later on when we talk about the 161 awards. Not a, not a favorable one, but I'm just happy to see the rumor mill. Busting around and the hot stove is starting to starting to heat up a little bit. And the offseason hasn't even fully started yet. Mentally prepare yourself for Andrew Alton Simmons. That's I said I'm that saying. to Damon. That's funny you said that. It's like 
I think I said that to you. It was like, we're, yeah. we're looking at all these names and imagine we just end up with Andralton Simmons. Gonna, it's going to be Andralton Simmons or Freddie Galvis. Don't, don't, don't do this to ourselves. We're well, not here's kidding. the thing. It's funny you bring that up because let's say the Yankees don't, because our whole wrinkle in this is Anthony Volpe. So like, let's say they don't get one of the free agents. Do you, I don't think he's really a factor. Do you end right up now. just getting Andralton Simmons? And then like, what, like worst case scenario, like, I mean, it also depends on these other two guys. Like these other two guys have to want to come here. It's not yeah. like they could give them all the money in the world, but a lot of other teams are going to do that too. So when you do that, like wh- what what happens if you don't get the f- the top two options? Do you just like then move on to uh, who knows what's going to happen with Trevor Story? Who knows what's going to happen? Who, who, what are the other names on this on this list for the shortstop? Simeon. Like, story. do you go for a Simeon just because you kind of have to, and now you're locked into a a potentially bad contract because he's coming Simeon's off. Simeon's old. So he's coming I off a career he year. He's going to ask for a lot of money, and you like, do you want to settle? Is my question for a guy like that who already was moved to second base this season. So like that, that's my main question here. Or do you get a guy who's a known commodity at shortstop, spend elsewhere, and wait for Volpe to come up next year? Because that's what I would do if you missed out on the guys you actually wanted. I would. I just my whole thing is with Volpe and them, with any prospect, any big time prospect in general. Make them force their way into the lineup. You don't spend in an offseason like this with a shortstop class like this. You don't play it cool and like, oh, well, look at our farm system. No, absolutely not. You go get the best available that you're willing to spend money for, and you deal with the rest there. Look at the Bochette, Marcus Simeon, and Kevin Biggio whole thing they did there. The best teams – find players and get the best players possible. And if you have a guy like that, you find a place for him. That's the whole thing. And that's, I mean, that premise goes back to little league play well enough and they'll find a place for you. It's the same thing with Volpe. There's no way that if Volpe's still doing the same thing, he's not going to make the big leagues. Even if you have Corey Seager, they'll find a spot for him. That's all I'm saying. I don't think you can base moves. Now a move that could affect you for five, six years based on hoping a 19, 20, 21-year-old pans out. I also don't think there's time to do that. Exactly. Like, here, who, who's our biggest financial commitment, commitment right now? Staten. Cole. Garrett Cole. Cole. Cole, yeah, I forgot about we him. We just signed him to be our ace. He's easy to forget about after that. He's, we just signed him to be our ace, and we paid him that much money for his prime, which is right now. We didn't pay him to be the Garrett Cole in – four years like we're paying him to be the Garrett Cole that he is right now and if you don't sign some I don't like there's if you there's a window I know what you're saying if you continue to wait the window's closing and then that financial uh commitment is now useless well I wouldn't even I I get what you're saying there's a window in terms of like yeah you have him you have a lot of huge financial commitment to him and there's a window I guess in in the ability to put together a team around Cole but when when you talk about window the window is like a financial window. The window to win a World Series is not even open yet. We don't we don't have a team that like we have to manufacture a championship window. You know what I mean? Like we, we have a we have a lot committed to Cole and we we want to put a team around him, but we are not even in a championship window. Like the teams that are in a championship window are the teams that are currently playing right now, probably minus the Red Sox. But like we need other people right now. I agree with you, but I, I almost feel like and what I was saying too, I know I know you're not going to plan 
just like pave a spot for Volpe. So he just like, he, that's the plan. We're going to have him come up, although he's only played single A or high A ball this year, played well, but we don't want to just pave a spot for him in case he's bad or whatever at higher levels. And then you're just stuck with Indralton Simmons and with nothing else. And then you got to spend in another offseason that has a worse shortstop class. But I'm just saying, we gave Cashman all this shit for having bad contracts on the roster or on, on the payroll. This That would be a pretty easy situation to get another bad contract. If you miss out on two right. top free agents that you really wanted, and then you just sign Simeon to sign Simeon, he's old has to transition back to shortstop after a year playing at second base because Bobachet's playing shortstop there. And then we're stuck with... And then what if he regresses like DJ did this year? Like that That's what I'm saying about that. I would rather go with the known commodity and a shortstop if this situation were to arise and we missed out on the, the names we wanted and then spend other money on maybe Rodon, maybe, you know, Chris Bryant... Chris Bryant is going to be available. He could be a third baseman, and then you can figure out and Dalton Simmons at shortstop also, and then Matt, trade for Matt Olson, who doesn't have a big contract, so you can just do that. Like a lot of other moves can happen, and this could be a very successful offseason. It's just I don't think that we should just sign a shortstop who's third or fourth on the list just because we have to. That's what I, I think. Was there's saying. something I, I, that you said there, real quick, Damon. Yep. That I don't think we touched on enough. And it was just like quick saying and passing, but this is something that's big. We don't have a window. That 2017 team is so far in the rear view mirror. That's what people are still hanging on to. Like, oh, we have to capitalize now or our windows now. No, no. Yeah, we got to start a new no, one. No, that window is fucking closed. The only thing that whole team is gone for the most part outside of Glaber. And I don't even think Glaber was on that 2017 team. So no. Yeah, because Didi hit the home run in the wildcard game. So that window's closed. The only person left is Gary Sanchez, and he fucking sucks. And Judge. Judge so yeah. it's basically Judge and Cole that you're building around now. Judge, Cole, and Stan. Yeah, and so, I, and I wasn't I wasn't talking about that window. I, I, I do agree that the opening new window is obviously that's what we're doing. But my, my main point is that ha- having Garrett Cole as our ace gives us the best chance to win a World Series in this in the near future. And I think that we need to ca- obviously we need to capitalize on that, and that's where I'm talking about the window of that is closing, of like that kind of time frame. Because yeah, I know the he, financial he, window you have to build around financial. him. Otherwise, you just spent money on him for no reason. Forget about financial reason reasons. Like I, I truly believe that him being the ace of this franchise gives us the best chance to win in the short term, and we need to capitalize on that, or else you're just looking for another ace to guide you throughout. The, the playoffs in the season. Well, so. it is financial reasons also, because if you look at, you right. know, let's say you wanted to start a new window in the second half of this contract you have for Cole, you're paying him the same amount, but you have an older Cole, and now what? Now you got to spend extra money now you find another to make person. up for the yeah. void that he had when he was in his good, good years. Like, that's why you have to spend now. It is financial reasons. you got to build a team around him. Otherwise, you're just playing to be mediocre, me, like averagely competitive and just sell tickets and that's kind of what they've been doing and you know at least they're talking about going after big names because yeah, yeah I mean just I'm excited to see that and if we don't then like what are we gonna do like what I'm just not gonna be excited if we don't have some fresh blood I know we're gonna get a bunch of new coaches like we talked about before but like we need some 
genuinely good players that hit for average. And the lineup needs to change. We've, yeah, we've yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, there's so much dead weight in that lineup that you yeah. can trim off. And that's what I was saying too. It's it doesn't have to happen overnight in this one off season because that's kind of a tall task to say like let's completely overhaul this team. But if I was GM, I was saying like you should trim the fat where where you can where there's opportunities to do so and like maybe over the next three years you could have a completely different looking team because it's not possible to to just change overnight and i said this before on the other episode i think it was the offseason episode that you know you you want you're going to be stuck with Sen, not stuck with him you have Sen. that's a great asset to have we've we've seen that this year you have judge two extremely big power bats and now you have Gallo for this year, and is it the year after that too? It's just next no, year. just this one. But regardless, even just for this year, I was saying those three should be the only power bats you have. Those are enough to be the power hitters in a lineup of nine. And then everybody else around them, you need to surround them with just on-base guys like a Corey Seager who batted 306 this year, like a Carlos Correa who gets on base and can hit for power as well, but he doesn't just live or die by the long ball. And the more you can do that and build around Judge and Stanton as just, because we'll be done with, done with Gallo next year, you build around Judge and Stanton as the two home run guys who are two of the best home run guys. You don't need any other home run guys. Other guys will hit home runs. Those guys, will you space them out. You don't have to put them back to back. You put them at like three and five or like two and five, and then you have everybody else in between as an on-base guy who can also occasionally hit a home run, like a DJ LeMahieu, like a Corey Seager, like a Whit Merrifield, like a Starlin Marte, those kind of guys with speed. And that's a baseball team right there. And the, as if you can do that little by little every year, every opportunity you do, and don't go in the wrong direction and just forget that the home runner bus doesn't work and just like don't, because I feel like the Yankees just see the sexy home run pick and they're like, oh my God, like Jock Peterson's available this offseason. He had a good postseason. Let's get him because he hits home runs. Or like, Kyle Schwarber, he had a good postseason. Let's go get him. Like, I'm not saying they're available this offseason, but that type of player, I could totally see them just being like, wow, look at that. That's exactly what we need on the Yankees. Like, no, you don't. You need to get. They're living off the 2019 juice ball year. The year they won, the only year they've won the division since fucking who knows when. The year that Glaber Torres hit for 38 home runs and then he follows it up with six. Yeah, DJ hit almost 30 home runs. Everybody Wild. in the league was hitting 30. You could bunt a fucking short porch home run in 2019. Yeah, it works when you can do that. But guess what? In a normal season, those are just fucking fly balls. And that doesn't do anything. Like a fly ball to the outfield, and they don't even do it when it matters. When they're on third, they don't hit a fly ball to the outfield. So I just, I don't know. I think they're still. They see that and they're like, well, this is our path to winning the East. Look, it's worked before. Like, take into account all factors: luck, juice balls, everything. Every it was a perfect storm in 2019 and a great feel-good story because of the next man up shit. But that's not the reality of it. Like you said, I, there was three teams that year I think that beat the home run record. The Yankees being one of them. That's all you need to know. Yeah, and That's look at and look real. at the one that we lost the home run record to was the Twins, and look how they their year went really well, didn't it? Like it, yeah, it's, we're, it, we're it's not a, it's not an outlier that we were bad after the home run numbers went down. It's like we live and died by the home run ball. The home run ball was abundant in that year, and that's why we were okay, and that's why we were great and had one of the best offenses. The Twins, the same, and the Twins were one of the worst teams this year, 
Probably because, the, and we were able to not be one of the worst teams this year because our payroll is extremely high. We actually have some players that are a little bit better than that, but they're an exact example of just like straight up home runner bus. When you take that away, we're a fucking bad team. So, you know, us to a little bit different of an example, but like that's, that's, that's there's it's no secret that's why that happened. And my question to you guys to round this out, because uh, we need to get into the 161 awards, is, and we, we kind of mentioned, you know, all of the names of people that could be potential infield options. Uh, I saw a fun tweet by Max Goodman that was like, what will the Yankees starting infield look like on opening day next spring? And me personally, because we know... Is hopeful or what you think? Let's, let's do... Let's do our hopefuls, and then we do a, a cumulative all together. Figure out what we actually think will happen. Um, I think we mentioned the name Matt Olson. I really think that's a possibility, and I said this during the season too, mind you guys. And I don't know if anybody shut me down or not, but he, he's a perfect fit. He's a lefty power bat. Pretty sure he's for average as well. Um, I can't have to fact check that. Career two seventy hitter. 270, is he? Yeah. Is that a fact? It's a fact. Okay, 270 is perfect. Who can hit for power in his lefty bat, and he's a gold glove defender, platinum glove defender at first base, so... Disregard that. He's a career 250 hitter. He hit 270 last year. Last year or this year? In the shortened season, he hit 270? This year, sorry. Okay, it's a full season of 270. I'm okay with that, and I don't want to, you know, contradict myself for just saying to trim the fat just for a home run hitter, and that could be potentially... Like, if he was a a hit for no average, I would be like, don't go after him. But he's a good combination of both. He's a good defender at first base. Oakland is not going to keep him because they do this with players. He's he's a great player who has not been getting paid. They're going to get rid of him. That's just what they do. That's the Oakland motto, the mantra. So I would like to have Matt Olson at first base. Don't know much he'll cost, but we have one of the best farm systems in the league. Rizzo's not going to be back probably this year. I, I, I don't want to say that, but he's a free agent, so it's not a guarantee that he will be back. So I would personally like to have him. I wouldn't mind having Rizzo back as well. I don't think Voight will be the answer here. So why don't if we just well, get, let's go position by position and well, real and quick, chat. Hey, just that's to what add I mean. On to that, before we you know get more into the position by position, if that you was get the point the big, I wanted you to. If you get one of the big shortstops too, that makes your say, yeah. loaded middle infield uh, minor leagues you know expendable. You're right. So, where where is DJ Lemayhu going to play if we get a first baseman? Second care. base. Where's Glaber going to play? I guess that moves DJ to third, and then... Where's Gio going to play? Gio can ride pine, for all I care. I mean, he's been great, but if you have Corey Seager, you're not... Uh, I, I could give a fuck less about Gio. Am I wrong for saying that? No. Uh, I think yeah. we saw Gio's true colors last year. I think... He wasn't fantastic this year. That's what I was saying. This yeah. year, last year, whatever. This is... T- okay, for future reference, 2021 is last year to me now. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, he was hurt, which is not his fault, but even when he was playing, he was meh. He wasn't great defensively this year. I think that like, he kind of regressed back to the mean. So Yeah, like he made those flashy plays, and I respect the hell out of him. I'm not talking bad oh, about Gio, him. but I'm just saying, like, I mean, realistically, are you? It's if, if you do get Seager and you do get Matt Olsen, are you going to be upset that Gio's not starting? No, I'm not. I'm That's just, that answers the question. He would be a great role player. It's a pretty everybody's fantastic get, for when everybody gets hurt. Everybody's going to yeah. get hurt. Everybody's going to need off days because they baby the fuck out of this team. He's 
I think if you have this perfect scenario, there's no way that Geo still doesn't see 100 games. Well, I don't... Here's the thing, and this is something I feel like I noticed when we got these new players like Rizzo and, and Gallo. I don't think the babying the players applied to them. I think it's just... So that makes gives me hope that new players like Seager and other players who probably played every day at their respective teams, I don't think that's a Yankees thing that they just are buying into like franchise-wide, team-wide, that they just baby every player. I think it's just how they were treating the players that we had because they were getting hurt. So unless these new players get it, because I, I feel like Gallo played every day that he was available to play, and he did get benched because of, if, of poor play. That's not why he didn't get benched because of like a scheduled off day. And Rizzo played every goddamn day he could unless they wanted to give, like, I think he played every fucking day he could. And like that's just... I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but like that gives me hope for if we do get a Correa who plays every day at his at his team, and we get a Seager who plays every day there. I don't think they just like slap that you're gonna get a scheduled off day routine on them. I think that's just gonna be like I don't know that that's how I saw them handle the new people that they brought in. So it was a, it was nice for me to see at least because I don't want that to be the just the Yankee thing. No, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I mean, um, I guess here's a question. I mean, first of all, Olsen played 156 games this year. There you go. Um, do, do you think that just contradicts what you said before about adding another power bat, though? How you say you just, we just I, need Judge, Gallo, and... No, um, and that's what I just said. I literally just, I said that I that, that doesn't contradict myself because he's a he's a combination. Like he, he's, he is a, a lefty bat that we could use. He's a damn good defender we could use. He happens to be able to hit for power, but he also hit for 270 this year, and... Also, that, think about the position. First base isn't a bunch of 350 hitters. Yeah. Like, Rizzo is one of the top batting average first baseman. He bats, like, 250. Yeah. So, it's, it's, that's what you're going to get at first base. You're going to get Matt a catcher. Olsen almost got, like, he was being talked about as an MVP. MVP early on, like yeah. Season. I mean, he's got that. And, if dude, if he, if he plays in Yankee Stadium, he just might. Because those power numbers that he has are already good, and they're going to go up even more. And like I said, that's not well, I'm not contradicting myself because that's not why I want him. I want him for everything else. The power just happens to also be there, and he's a lefty, and that that definitely fucking helps. I'm I'm a big guy. Everybody knows I'm a big guy on defense, stealing bases, playing your like just all that stuff, the little things. And he'd be a, a nice breath of fresh air there if we do end up not going for Rizzo. Like I said, I'd be okay with Rizzo as well, but you know. I think that's that's a good option there too. Going to second base, I think it's pretty obvious it's going to be Glaber. I would be blown away if it was anybody other than Glaber at second base. Agreed. The only way I could see it not being Glaber is if he got traded, which I don't think is off. The I don't table. think I don't, I don't think, think it's so. off the table, but I don't think they're actively looking for it. I don't think it's likely. His value but, is so low. Well, what we were talking about before: who on this team is untouchable? Judge Stanton. Cole, you know, the main guys is well, hitting wise, Judge and Stan, basically. So I don't think he's untouchable, but I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that Stan's untouchable right now because I I, I would and that, that doesn't mean I want him to be traded. I don't. I want Stan to be here for the, his entire contract because he's a damn good hitter and we've we've been saying that on the podcast. But I think if like you, they were begging people to take his contract before, like 
people were in Yankee land, at least. I'm sure they were on the inside, too. The Yankees, like, were looking for potential areas where they can have people eat, eat his contract a little bit. They they pay some to get rid of him and free up some space. But, like, now would be the time to trade Sen. So, I don't I, – I could see – I'd be shocked for sure. But, it like, I could see them trading him because he's a hot commodity right now, you know? Yeah. I, I think there's think I think there's five percent chance that happens, but I don't I would I don't think that he's untouchable. I think Judge is untouchable, but I think I don't know because Judge has less of a contract, so like what he has barely any contract, he's still in arbitration. So I don't know, he but has to get extended this off season. I know that that's a whole can of worms that yeah. we can talk about. For well, we have a lot of big off season to talk about that. He said he wanted yeah, to stay we- in pinstripes, so. If he says that and you don't put him in pinstripes for life, then every person that has a say-so in the front office needs to... Yeah, and the one caveat, the one thing holding him back was his health, and he played like 145, 150 games this year. And so the only ones he missed were because of the COVID IL, which I yeah. don't even think he had COVID. I'm pretty sure he was like contact tracing that he fucking missed for. I am curious. This is obviously going to come up in the offseason too, and this is pretty early for this to be talking about it, but I am curious... Because you know when you watch the like the MLB top 100 like players at their position, Judge was pretty far down that list. I think he was in like the 20s, and every and every year they would say like you know he'd be he'd be a top three, top five player in the MLB if he were to be healthy. I'm curious where he'll be at this year. I, I think, think be, I think I think he'd be in the top three. I think he should be. I think and I think that's awesome to see. I'm thinking like, right now, right fielder wise, if there were people that I had to take, Mookie had a down year. I was going to say the short list of people, if I'm building around a right fielder, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Judge. Trout. Well, not, I mean, just outfielders. I'm, I'm thinking of right fielders. And- but a fun little thing before we keep going, too, is that like that narrative that is on Judge, starting to be on Trout now. Trout? Judge has played, bro. I think, a lot more games in the last, yeah. and since, since Judge has been in the league than Mike Trout. Nobody's talking about because he's not in New York. So I'm just interested to see, like, I feel like that narrative is going to start to become a thing. Like, oh, you know, he would be number one if he could stay healthy. So maybe not as much as they talked about Judge, because Trout is a lot better than Judge, but something to note there. But, I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just interested. Judge too. Like, Judge's injuries, I think he's had three or four, like, catastrophic injuries, and I think, like, three-quarters of them have been fucking accidental. Just- freak accidents getting hit in the wrist and shattering your wrist having a collapsed lung shit like that i mean i mean yeah there's some soft tissue ones we had the calf for however long the calf the the quads like that's bad that's being injury prone but i don't know other than that let's let's round out this this opening day infield so first base first base do we are we on consensus olsen we want or do we want rizzo or somebody no, else. No, I mean I. If you had to choose, I want Olson. Okay, I so would, I think Olson would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen. I so ideally Olson to do that. I think what it the more I think the most likely scenario is DJ LeMahieu. Do you think there's any situation where Voit is the that. first baseman? If they no. miss out on shortstop, why? Because then DJ would. So you'd have to miss out on shortstop to. Because DJ could play second base, and then no, well, DJ, DJ, would play, DJ would play third, Gio would play short, and Glaber would play second. I think if they miss out on shortstop, I think that's the infield. If they presumably they're getting a shortstop, and do you think Voigt will be traded? 
Or do you think he'll be on the team? I think he has to be traded. I agree. I just I think they've they've done like like I've said I think they've done way too much to damage their relationship with him. You can't. I don't think you can bring him back. He's not going to want to be there after the way you've treated him. And his value is at an all time low. So, but his his value on the bench really like a guy like Voigt who's just like basically he'd be a pinch hit home run guy. Like value is low. Like how often are you really going to? You don't need to be for the talent that he has. He, he's not. He would be so much better. Even though his value is low in a trade, you're going to get more back than just having a really good pinch hitter. Like you know I don't what I mean? I think his value's that low. That's the thing because it's when he lower played, than it was. Good. Is what I was saying. But I, I'm, I agree with you. I think you're still going to get more back than the value that you'd get out of him on the bench. Get a reliever. Go yeah. get a reliever with him. Go get a middle tier reliever that can eat innings. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, I think you can get a better reliever than guys like. I mean, Clay Holmes ended up panning out, but like bigger, bigger moves than that. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, and this is a whole other issue that there's so many. This is actually making me think of more episode topics as we get into our extra long off season. But half the problem isn't that they won't spend money. It's that they don't allocate it to the right places. Half of our fucking payrolls and relievers, you're giving Britain 14 million and Chapman 14 million. Like you have 28 million dollars tied up in two relievers. You don't have to have those guys. Look at Lewisaga. Look at Clay Holmes. That's not that uncommon to have solid relievers that are cheaper options. And we have a shitload of hard-throwing, nasty minor leaguers that, quote-unquote, don't have the accuracy to be a starter. That's how you develop amazing in-house relievers. You go trade Voight for one of those guys. You bring in another reliever, uh, maybe with a little bit of a track record. That's what I... That's what pisses me off so much. Yeah, if, you we, had to, if you had to put a percentage chance of Voight coming back, what would it be, Dan? 40. Really? I was going to say less than half. I, like, I was going to say 42 for what's yeah, worth. In my, in my opinion, like I know – I mean, first of all, I don't think his value is an all-time low. I just think it's less than what it would have been earlier on the season. Agreed. Um, Led the league in home runs yeah. in a shortened season. But, but I think the thing is, though, is like I – we have so many people on this team that can easily be traded for big pieces that will kind of help us out. And there's no reason to wait for the right time for them to maybe get hot that their trade goes, their trade value goes up and then wait for the right times to trade for the right person. Like there's not enough. There's so much needs to fall into place for that to happen. Like right now you have a player. He's a good player. People know what he can do. If you get a little less value for him from him, Fuck it, like whatever. We need we need someone like Chandler said, like go get a reliever that can fill a spot. Whatever, whatever it may be, like we don't. There's no time to wait for some guy to potentially get hot to tr- boost his value up, and then players keep him at that point. The way this team fucking does stuff. So agreed. For the rest of the the infield, because uh, we spent a lot of time on this, I think shortstop. If you were to put the one you want, I think Seager. I was I was a big proponent of Correa last episode. Don't get that twisted. I still want Seager more, but I was giving the argument to getting Correa because I feel like it's like when you first hear the name and be like, oh, would we go after Correa? Everyone's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Because people are either, you know, for it because they see the rational way that this could happen and, and why you'd go after because he's a good player and you could see past the bullshit. Or you are so like, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. Why do you have a podcast? who listens to you, that kind of thing. And it's just like, it's a little bit of both. It's like, it's like he's, 
you know, you, there is bullshit that's attached to it, but you, I kind of want him for that. But I still want Seager more than him because Seager fits more. I don't want to get into this area where, and I said this before, where we're starting to st- stack lefties. And now we have the inverse of the issue that we had before <laughs> where we had all righties. Cause if we get like, if we get Matt Olson and if we get, you know, yeah, then you're balanced because pencil. No, no, no. I right. know, I know. Pencil in the righties. Yes, Stanton, Judge and Stanton will be there. Labor will be there. There's yeah. four right there. So at the very most, I was just saying it'd be funny if that became our our problem that that we have too many lefties a year funny. removed from funny. when we had nine righties in a lineup and Hicks was the guy batting four and Guardy was batting four because we had to we had to 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 mix it up, but. Yeah, no. If we if we go after guys like Seager, who would be a perfect fit, a lefty shortstop, awesome. He hits for average. That's the guy that we want. I think that's the one we have at shortstop. The Yankees have the money. Go spend it. He obviously has to want to come here. Third base. Do you think they'll spend money now that they reset the luxury tax. I Do think, you think that plays I think a they will. I think if they don't, then they're genuinely gonna start to lose fans. Like I'm, they're not gonna lose me, but like they're they're gonna not see the everyday sellouts like they they, they have used they to get in the past in the, in, in the past i know i was changing what i was saying as as i was saying it but like did you see they dropped to eighth and tv viewership i'm sure i mean people oh, no. people are going to start to to not leave but like just not tune in to every day it is like it's I tough can, to watch every name, fucking day. I can name seven other more exciting teams to watch <laughs> yeah. i i mean so. i can name i can name like 26 i just the you lose the casual fan when you just put out a the, a consistently meh product. Like and that's a large part of their audience too. Like a lot of the a lot of the fans aren't like us. A lot of the fans aren't like you guys, listeners listening to a Yankees podcast on October twenty fourth, twenty first, when they've been out of the the playoffs for the last two weeks. Like you guys are the real ones that are listening to this right now. You guys care, and so do we. And that's why we're here talking about it. On a, on a random Thursday night, but did you see that shit that Boone said when they they had him on a radio show, radio show and asked him what like mm-hmm. oh yeah the day he got signed they're like yeah you realize that the whole fan everybody's base is upset, about upset about it. this he's like at least they care <laughs> I mean that's that's probably <laughs> the best true, thing though. he could have said yeah I was gonna no, say I fuck know. you it's just, it's just funny and he's right because I mean and I do feel bad because he's a very nice guy from what it seems like and. And we've always said he's not the problem, and it's just I, I feel bad for the guy because he's, you know, he seems he's like a good trying, guy. Okay, he is trying. I mean, he's if, a good punching bag. Yeah, I mean, and and it, it, well, on back on the off season ads note, uh, another reason why I think we're going to spend money is because not only just to keep the fans engaged and interested and get the ratings and money back up is because. The guy's running the show right now. Maybe not Hal because he doesn't have to fucking sell the team. But, like, Cashman is the guy going after people. He's going to really try and – because, you know, a couple years ago, Cashman, bulletproof guy. He's got his job locked up for a long time. I feel like that's starting to become more and more a reality that he could be out the door as these years keep going. Next year's his contract year. Is it? Okay, exactly. Yeah. So he's, that, he's going to spend money because he has to. Because if he if he runs this He's shit back again, to. if he runs this shit back again, he there is no way that anyone with a rational mind can keep him. It's just I mean, no, I think and and on top of that, if he ends up again. getting like a bad contract on it again, let's say he gets a Simeon, 
Like, you got to get rid of him. So he's got to make the right moves, and he's got to make lots of them. So I'm excited for this offseason. We're going to cover it here on the podcast. So, you know. Exactly. His press conference right there. Did you watch his press? You obviously did. You posted yeah. it. But that is not the press conference of a job confident man. That's not a yeah. happy, you know, we, we, we feel good in the direction we're going. That's a, we better get it together or we're fucked. Yeah. yeah. Mentality. So on that, on that, actually, I wanted to go over a few of the notes that he had before we get into the 161 awards, just some housekeeping. This is basically to summarize, if you didn't catch the press conference, uh, this is basically what he said at it. He said, when asked about Gary Sanchez, as starting catcher going forward, he said, he's definitely come a long way defensively. We'll see if he'll Same be the starting catcher every year. every year. And I'm very, I'm very upset that he, and we'll, we'll really get into the off season talk. Like I said, like, the whole rest of the plan right now, we're going to put an emphasis on the shortstops because we do want, we have the 161 awards. And then we can, after this, we're going to fully submerge ourselves in the off season. Cause then once the, the playoffs are over too, you know, that's the hot stove gets hot and that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, Tyone is expected to be fully back in five months following his surgery. DJ had surgery Tuesday, eight week recovery time. Uh, one thing on DJ too is that I think, and Cashman said this as well, is he thinks that DJ wasn't DJ because of the injury. I agree with that. I mean, he had he, like six injuries during the year. Yeah, I, I really think that what is the case, and it, that could sound like an excuse, but I mean, he had two top four MVP votes the years prior. He hit the crap out of the ball with everything. It's like. Yes, the home run numbers were very high in in that one year, but like he was just hitting the ball, the the juice balls doesn't make you a better no. contact hitter, and he well, just like didn't he wasn't that, and it's just like I I agree, and, and mo- more often than not when you hear like oh the injuries caused him to not be himself sounds like an excuse, but I think in this case I think you can give DJ the benefit of the doubt there. I will because he lost his philosophy of what made him a good hitter for so long. He stopped being the hit and the, you know, the four five hole, whatever it is, he would, he was rolling over all the time and hitting lazy ground balls to the left side, which is not DJ. That was the whole thing that we loved him for was that no matter what, he was going to put the ball in play to the right side somewhere and score the run or keep it on the ground, do whatever you have to do. And the situational things he did correctly this year, he just, for, I mean, he lost all of it. So yeah. it may have been the hernia, it may have been the tricep, the quad. I mean, name any of the injuries he had. It could have been any of those. So, Agreed. Moving oh, forward, agreed. Uh, he said Voight is resting, expected to be re- fully ready. He said full bore. Don't know what that means. I'm assuming that just fully ready. Um, don't know if that'll be on the Yankees. He didn't talk about anything related to his potential movement, but he said him as a, as a healthy man will be Ready for the offseason. Hicks is finishing off his recovery, expected to play winter ball. Ugh. Darren O'Day expected to be ready by the start of the season, not the start of spring training, the start of the season. So that's fantastic. The Silver, the Silver Fox will be back. Uh, Clint Frazier is in contact with the Yankees medical staff constantly about the dizziness slash fogginess. And uh, finally, he commented and said, Aaron Boone is the solution. He isn't the problem. So... Um, that's basically what he said there. I don't think he's the solution. Or Nothing the groundbreaking there, but it's it's nice to see the injury updates. I, one thing I didn't see, which I was expecting to see, and kind of concerning that I didn't see it, is that he didn't mention any injury of Cole, which means he just sucked. 
So, <laughs> I mean, I remember uh, I was saying I, I, I we're going to see in that exact press conference after the season's officially over, him say, like, yeah, Cole was pitching with a, a ruptured Achilles or, like, a, to- a torn hamstring or something, especially because he was coming off injury. So, like, we, if, if we as Yankee fans, me as a Yankee fan, I heard that Cole was hurt during that time, be like, okay, breath, like, sigh of relief. He was bad because he was hurt. Now, now what? Like, now, I mean, maybe there's still time for him to announce that he was hurt during that, but. I think there's too much. I'm. I'm bargaining here. This is probably not. Are you not? Does that not make you a little bit worried? That well, no, it does. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna tell myself that there's so much heat around Cole right now because of how bad he was that they wouldn't announce it unless it was something major. So maybe he was still hurt, but not anything crazy like something like a, that, a lingering fan just annoys you yeah like just because in a press conference like that he's gonna be like yeah and then cole is sitting at home like rubbing out the pulled hamstring you know yeah so like I, it's not like he was it's not like his velo was down or anything it was just there's no surgery he was just missing or, stuff exactly so I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna tell myself that and i don't say that confidently but um i have to or else i'm gonna this is also just ended so like Crazy. Yeah, but that's the moment where he would say that. He, he's giving injury updates on every single other person on the team. Tyone, DJ, Void, Hicks, O'Day, Clint, <laughs> Boone, you know, Gary. You like know, It would be funny if like, he went through the whole list and like as he was getting up, was just like, and Cole's having surgery. And then he's just like, thanks, guys. No more questions. I would have honestly guys. preferred that. And Cole's going to be out for the next two years. <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm. In, in all reality, it is making me a little bit nervous that he is, he wasn't hurt. I'm not a wishing I'm, injury. Yeah. Or, I, no, I, mean, I am, I am so terrified. Uh, the best thing that can happen, better than signing Seager, is that they, in the new CBA, they find a universal sticky substance. That is, that is our off-season addition that we. Need. Yeah, but he, he got, he got. <laughs> it was he. After that, he figured it out a little bit, but I think the, good, the bad time was the whole again. last month. No, he was. He, he was. He was pretty good. He Dude, was during good. the Astros game, he, he didn't. Was, he didn't have okay. sticky stuff. One game, he was good. But he, he was, was. He was good, but he wasn't a thirty-six million dollar ace. That's all I'm saying. You're right, and I think if they find, I think they will address that. That's another conversation for another time. But um, no, it's not. We were talking about it right now. No, like when when they talk about it, like if oh. they if they bring it up, we can be like, "Is this?" I, I think that would be a good thing for the game like if you want to talk about that right now. But no, we don't have I think, to. I, I think they're just, going. I thought to, you meant Cole in general. No, no, no. I think they will address that too because the the players were outspoken about. Yeah, Glass how, now ruptured his fucking yeah. elbow because of it. And like they'll they'll say how there's actual reality. Like there's a reality I mean, to it, like a yeah. health reasons to why, like not just an advantage. But they'll they'll bring up all those things. I mean, Glasnow literally said it was the MLB's fault that he got injured. Yeah. Um, do you guys did we mention third base? I think third base. No, we didn't mention third. Base. I think third base is probably going to be in all likelihood. I hope that it's it's DJ because that means we got a first baseman and a shortstop. Um, if we miss out on like I said a shortstop, I wouldn't be upset about getting a guy like Chris Bryant. 
because he can do both. He can hit for he average. He would be upset about getting an MVP and World <laughs> Series winner, Rookie of the Year. The well, guy but he's not, he's not top the- of my list, though. But that, those are the type of guys we're going to go after. Yeah. We have the fucking money, and they're going to go spend it. So I want... It would, I, I guess I'd be all right if we got, like, Max Scherzer. I'd be really okay, surprised. You know really what I meant. Surprised. I mean, because I want Seager, first and foremost, and everything else is second to that. So I, I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't feel like we're settling, I should say, if we got... If we got it, and that's what I mean. Like instead of settling and spending money at shortstop, there are just as good options. But you just move, you shift other things around, and you get that big name that actually makes sense for you to get at third base, or because he could play the outfield too. So yeah, I'd be I'd be really shocked if we got a third baseman. I feel like our our priorities are a shortstop and first base, and then we'll find someone to play third base, whether it's DJ or or Shelly or splitting time, whatever it may be. I just I don't know about this this if you guys feel this way as well. But I just feel like every guy who got traded from the Cubs is going to go back <laughs> to the Cubs. I don't know what it is about I the Cubs. Like I, I don't know. I've just, this is a irrational personal thought, I guess. But I just feel like the Cubs just had such a good culture there that everybody wanted to be yeah. a Cub. And they will go well, back to being Cubs. And Rizzo that felt team. that way. Like everybody seemed like they were all like upset when they left. That's because they grew a team from dog shit to a world, the first World Series winner yeah. in 108 years together. I guess the yeah. World Series will do that, but I just, I just feel like for yeah, whatever yeah, reason, know, no. So. But like the Cubs fans are awesome fans. Everybody knows that they have a fight. They have an awesome stadium, good city. Every I just feel like everybody who got traded in that in that rebuild just now is all gonna go back. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like they all have an allegiance to Chicago, and they're, they're just... I mean, Jock I Peterson's using Bryant, Rizzo's bat still. Like, they all love each other. I feel like they have a group chat. They, they definitely <laughs> do, but I feel like they have, still have the group chat kicking, and the title of the group chat is, like, when are we going back? Or, like, the date that the next offseason starts or the next spring training starts. It's like, Chicago 2022, uh, <laughs> like, it's spring be like training crew. It's going to be, like, the 2009 or 10 whatever where like Chris Bosch, D Wade and LeBron all signed at the same time. It's just yeah. going to be Rizzo and Rizzo, Bryant Jock, and... Bryant. I don't know, man. I just, that's, that's how I feel. You want to oh, get into the, that's who we're missing. Yeah. I, just, I, I feel like if anybody was not to go back of all of them, I think bias would be the one to just be like, like the one who just left the, the boy band. Like, I feel like they, if, if all of them were to come back, he'd be, the, he'd be the one. Yeah. He's too busy trying bad, to, uh, Prove Mets fans wrong. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll die on that hill. So. Dude, people, like, apparently the Yankees tried to get him, and apparently that's still a relatively warm idea is that Baez could come to New York. I do not I, want Javi Baez. I don't want Baez whatsoever. He is exactly hate, what we – and this is what I, I mentioned. hate the idea of Baez. In yeah, this is what I mentioned at the top of the show. He is exactly – he is a shortstop version of Joey Gallo. He has no regard for the strike zone. He swings at everything. He quite literally has the worst eye in the league. And it's just, it's ridiculous. So, I don't know, man. I, I, want to get into the 161 awards? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. All right, so this is the first annual 161 awards. Like we mentioned before, we asked you guys to vote on the last episode. If you want to hear the nominations and you didn't, uh, go back to that. It's the second half of last week's episode where we each nominated a person for each of the awards that we made, and we asked you guys to vote on them. And if you missed out on that, sorry. I guess if you're listening to it, just, like, pause it and then, like, guess who you would vote for and then, like, put your vote. I don't know what you want to do, but, you know, go back and listen. Do whatever the hell fuck you want to do. 
161 Awards, the first annual. You guys excited? Oh, yeah. Ecstatic. So I didn't tell them the like the actual final results for all of these. So I'm the only one who knows this. So it's going to be kind of fun to go through this. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the first award. So for the first award, let me get the sound queued up. Wrong sound. That's the gripe alert sound. The team MVP award will be going to... Aaron Judge. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the most that's an obvious award. one he hit for the other nominees are and here's what I'm going to do. Going forward for the rest of these cuz I'm clearly this is the first ever 161 awards. So going forward for the other awards I'm going to I'm going to say the nominees once again and then I'm going to read off his stats first and then I'll play that sound and then we'll explain the winner and then we'll talk about that and that's going to be how that's going to go down. So it's a work in progress as as we do this live, but Aaron Judge, I think this is obvious. The other nominees were Judge, Stanton, uh, Lasagna, Garrett Cole. Stanton came in second. It, it was basically a, a two-headed race there. I mean, Judge's numbers at the end of the year, he played a lot of games. I don't have the exact number. I think it's like 145, 150. I didn't check that out, but 287 batting average, 39 home runs, 98 RBIs, 916 OPS, 149 OPS plus, and a 5.9 WAR. Like that's MVP, American League MVP numbers. Yeah, if if Otani didn't exist and Vlad didn't exist, he he's 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 up there. Uh, I think Simeon's going to be up there also. But like he's those he's going to get MVP votes, and that's a fucking awesome year. And you know I'm not going to take anything away from Stanton, but Judge had a bigger role. He played defense all year long so like that's obviously got him more votes for team mvp from you the fans and it was close a lot of people and i think and we talked about this last episode i think that may be because you know recency bias and like i feel like it would be if you asked like if we asked this two months from now i think judge would win by a little bit more of a wider margin than than he is now because everybody's like, oh, like voting based on what they just saw with Stanton. But, I mean, Stanton had a damn good year too. So, I don't know. Thoughts on that? I thought this one was obvious though. No, no I think it's obvious. I think if Cole had – if we had still lost the wild card game but Cole went seven innings and gave up one run and struck out 12, I think he would have came in second. Yeah. Judge played 148 games this year, so – Yay, to judge. Silencing the haters. Please. That's a big deal. It's great. It's a, it's a oh, it's a huge deal. deal. Make it, please pay him. So yeah, I don't he, have to. He has to be paid. Next award is Cy Young. The nominees for Cy Young are Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Jonathan Lewisga, Jordan Montgomery. And let's do this too. How about you guys both give me a guess for who you think won? I think Nestor is going to win this. I think, I mean, I think Garrett Cole is going to win. I, I, it's not, I think it's not the Cole, fun, sexy answer. I know. I think people just voted for. Yeah, answer. it's what the people want. Yeah, I think if I was people person, I think Lewisga has a shot. Then I'm gonna change my answer to Lewisga. Lock it in. I'm locking in Lewisga. I keep pressing the wrong button. <laughs> Figure it out. The winner of the team Cy Young for the 2021 New York Yankees is. And yes, that is a SpongeBob 
Super Bowl <laughs> trumpet sounds. Damon thought that would be fun to do. Uh, it's Garrett Cole. And I, I wasn't shocked by this. Garrett no, Cole deserves this either. award. And I'm glad the voters decided to actually go with the, the one that makes sense. I do think since it was given up to the fans, there are some people and a lot of people who would have just, a lot of people did vote. Nesta Cortez came in second here. And it was, it was closer than you'd think. And I was kind of concerned. I was like, not that concerned because it doesn't really fucking matter. But I was like, I was just thinking <laughs> was, in my head. I was like, up at night thinking about it. No, but like it's, I think the better man won here. But it's, it's fun to see that Nestor Cortez was even close. He came in fucking second over Loazaga, over Montgomery. I mean, if you said that before the season started, that Nestor Cortez would receive Dundee Award <laughs> or 161 Award votes for Cy Young on the team, I tell you to literally go fuck yourself. So, yeah. Snaps to Nestor for making it a uh, a close race there. Garrett Cole on the year, 3-2-3 RA, 105 whip, 243 Ks, 181 innings pitched, 16-8 and eight record with a 5.6 war. I mean, that's a damn good year. That's uh, a very good year. So, I, I, and, and that's probably the opposite of what happened with Stanton, is that Stanton, you know, I thought voters would be voting for him for MVP because of what they just saw recency bias. Same goes for Cole. It was closer because the funny novelty vote for Nestor, that'd be fun. And also, Garrett Cole was bad in the last month. So that's why it was closer than it was. I think this is also should have been like a, like Judge winning MVP on the team. I think it should have been that same margin. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be a finalist for the actual uh, Cy Young. So yeah. he deserves it. I don't think he's going to win it. Do you think he's going to win it? I don't think no. so. I don't think he really has a chance. No, but that John Heyman thing, speaking of the Cy Young winner, they had Robbie Ray going to the Yankees. So Did he? Yeah, I don't think I like it, though. I like Rodon better. Next one is the best surprise. Ooh. This one's actually from the Dundies. I took this from that from Michael Scott. But uh, the nominees for best surprise are Nestor Cortez, Jonathan Lewaziga, Clay Holmes, and Jordan Montgomery. And the winner of best surprise... This one's definitely Nestor. What do you think? I think Lewisaga makes no, think sense too. Lewisaga has to get an award, man. He just, I'm going to lock Lewisaga in again. Winner's Nestor Cortez. There you go. It had, it had to have been. It, it did, but I didn't want to be the same. I, I don't think Lewisaga was. Yes, he was a surprise in how good he he was, but like he wasn't a fresh face that just came out and blew everybody out of the water. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all knew who Lewisaga was. We, knew we didn't Nestor know he was, was. going to be a fucking all star, but. And that's what we were talking about in the nominations episode is I thought that, and I'll play, I'll stop playing this music right now. I thought that, uh, I was kind of vibing though. I thought that a little wise ago, and what, the way you have to think about best surprise and inversely, the next one is biggest disappointment is what were your expectations? Like you were saying, Damon, and where did they end up? Little although we didn't expect him to be the closer, we expected him. We knew he had the raw talent, so it, this could have happened. It definitely could have happened. We hoped it could happen. We put him in an episode with Sessa. Don't act I like agree. It. No, but he had the raw talent. And, I, and that's why he's still on this list as being the biggest, the best surprise because he did the, like the distance he's created from our expectations in the preseason to now are crazy. He became our most reliable, best reliever versus like he was an unpolished reliever that nobody really trusted at all. So, yes. starter. Yeah, and he deserves votes here. But Nestor Cortez, I mean, when you talk about best surprise, you're getting a guy that is just a journeyman 
wild guy, just doesn't really have a, a, a an identity or anything. I don't even want to say he reinvented himself because he did this last time around with the Yankees. He came back. He was on the Yankees before and came back to the same team with really not much changed, and he just ended up balling out. I don't know what it was this year. I feel like it's the opposite. It's, you know, people usually start to figure you out the longer you're in the league. People just, like, forgot how to hit Nestor Cortez. I don't know what happened, so that's the best surprise. His numbers this year, 2.90 ERA, 93 innings pitched, 2-3 and three record, 107 whip, 2.8 war. Those are wild numbers for Nestor Cortez. The number two person who got votes for this award was Clay Holmes. I agree with that because Clay Holmes, and like, like we were saying before of like how you should vote for this one going forward because we're going to do this next year also. Um, like we, we did not, and I joke about this, we did not welcome Clay Holmes with open arms. So uh, Yeah, he was a n- nobody. And then he ended he up being... Really, really bad face stats. Yeah, and he ended up being one of our most trusted relievers down the stretch too. So uh, congrats to all people who are nominated. Better luck next year. Um yeah, want to move on to the next one? Sure. So, biggest disappointment. The nominees for biggest disappointment are Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayhew, Zach Britton, Joey Gallo. Like I said before, these guys all had expectations coming into this year, some of which very, very high, and none of them performed. So, you know... The jury's out. We put the votes out there. What do you guys think the the winner of this? Who do you think is going to win this award? Not an award you want to win. I Glaber, DJ, I, Britton, Gallo. Who you got? I have to I have to stick with my guns from the preseason since I had him as my dark horse MVP. To me, he's the biggest disappointment. Who? You didn't Glaber. say it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I said it like four times, but I'll say it again. I, I um, I'm gonna go with DJ because that's also what I personally think is the biggest biggest disappointment. What an awful award sound for this one! It was Damon's idea. The be- <laughs> oh, it's a bad award to win. Yeah, it's still gonna be the same thing. The winner of biggest, the winner, or should I say, I guess loser of biggest disappointment is Glaber Torres. I mean, Chandler, you you hit it right on the nose. We talked about this before too, and like our expectations for him were so high. We thought he was going to take that next step, like just to becoming possibly one of the leaders in MVP votes on the Yankees. He's been taking steps since he came up in the league. He had that one year where he juiced balls, albeit, but thirty-eight home runs. He was awesome in the clutch in that Houston series and everything. And it's like, yeah, Glaber's going to take that next step. He's so young. He's literally our age. And, like, th- he just didn't. I don't know what happened. It's just, like, it's kind of baffling to me. 259 batting average, nine home runs. Not six. I said six before. Nine. Um, 697 OPS, 93 OPS plus, 0.8 war. 0.8 war. Like, that's bad. Defense wasn't great. We were talking about it earlier in the year. If you look back, it's like generous to say it wasn't great. No, but like you remember, we talked about how wild it was that he led the Yankees in defensive war, and I, and that's like just goes to show you, like nobody the nobody fucking knows how war is calculated. If Glaber Torres yeah. is the leader in war on the Yankees for defensive, no, he was the leader in the league. Yeah, like I just don't believe that. Yeah, and, makes no sense. But that was also in like April. So yeah, I, I don't know. 
Word makes no fucking sense to me, but that's not a good one. And I mean, honestly, 93 OPS plus, not bad. That's about league average hitting, but like, that's not what you want out of guys like Leibniz, Torres, especially like we said, we're going to keep going back to this expectations. Like he had on this list, I would say who would, who did you have more expectations for him or DJ? Him. Yeah. Him. I don't know. I, I think DJ, but it's definitely fucking close DJ because he's done it. Glaber, because I expected him to take that next step to become a DJ like player. I didn't expect I like well DJ I expected DJ to just stay steady as the solid top of the order bat hit for average nothing flashy he's ugly scrappy gets it done he's our guy he's ugly Glaber yeah it's ugly oh, I thought you said he's ugly <laughs> no no, so no that's no. rude I said it's ugly but oh, uh, Glaber oh brother this guy sticks oh, I should have fucking chewed <laughs> that up staying with the SpongeBob yeah. Um, no, I expected Glaber to, like you said, take the next step, not to be the next DJ, but to be the, one of the next premier superstars in the league. Like, he I mean, was on track after 2019 to legitimately be in the MVP conversation. And there was a small period where it was talking about he was in that category of Corey Seeger and those guys as the top shortstops. And then now here we are. Yeah, he has such a high ceiling, and I think that's why the disappointment was there. Because even though DJ didn't have a great season, uh, a DJ-like season, let's say, I mean, he still hit like 270, which, again, it's not what DJ really is. I mean, he can do better, but 270 isn't terrible. And I think he doesn't deserve that because, I mean, we I agree with the fact that he wasn't himself because of the the injury. And with Glaber, like, yeah, he got hurt a couple times during he the year. I think he got, I think he got COVID, though. but like, I think he more was good from like June on. But even then, he lost his power numbers and everything. Yeah, yeah, power was. So was with with ridiculous. this, do you think this is like going into next year? Geo, like, he's obviously not Geo. Glaber's obviously going to get reps. He's going to be the everyday second baseman or. It's, he's going to be second baseman. That's, I think, 99.99% sure he's going to be second baseman. What are your expectations for him now? Way too early expectations for Gio. I keep saying Gio. Glaber. <laughs> Damien, would you like to go first? I I mean, expectation-wise, I, I would need him to be what he was in 2019. Like, he needs that's, to have... I know that, home that, runs that's like that's like That's the the goal in my mind, but... I think that he needs to just kind of like he needs to get his confidence back and he needs to get a little I bit of that power back because we'll go a long way in that. Because when you think about when you think about his hits when he was actually hitting, there, you know, there were bloopers, there were singles, they were yeah, flick, flicking his, the ball, they were just he was just he was just seeing a pitch and then just putting the bat on it. Well, like BJ was talking about him. Yeah. He had by far one of the lowest like average velocity. Yeah, uh, so like a, a, average exit velocity. Other his, than his swing, yeah. his swing, like I, I, there was a clear, clearly something wrong, and I don't know what it was. Maybe his, he genuinely needed the glasses. He, like, he wasn't making good eye contact on it. His so. swing just looked so different, and I just need him to get some of that velo back and that exit velocity and that power back because when he has that power back and when he has that swing down, that's really what makes him a great baseball player. Like. He's not. He's not the type of guy that is just gonna flick the ball around. That's not the type of player he is. I also think he's somebody. He's somebody that, that needed this season to end. I no, think. I agree. I think an off season is gonna do him well. 
reassess, readjust, yeah. get a get a hitting coach that can actually like. There's an idea. There's a situation where a hitting coach matters. A Do young you player who is impressionable. The shortstop thing makes a difference because I was listening to somebody talk about it the other day. I was like, yeah, the errors he's making a shortstop, or he's taking him out and. and into the batter's box. It's yeah, stuff that's it's, weighing it's him down. Thing. He's thinking about us. No, I totally agree. That's what I think moving him back to second. I, and to answer your question about the expectations, I don't expect 2019 again. I think that's a product of juice balls either, but, and yeah. everything. But I think a realistic expectation, if he's at second, is a 270 plus hitter. And I think 20 home runs. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. And yeah, I'd be I cool with 20. I, that's the over under we're going to set. Saying, 270, 20 home runs. I'm happy. On his roll call, we're gonna set. Like, that's we're basically doing a Glaber Torres roll call right now, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I think because he he is a large part of the reason why this team wasn't what it was supposed to be is because, like, yeah, we talked about the expectations of what he was supposed to be, but like, he was also a breath of fresh air. Like, he could hit for average, and he was a guy who can who was a he was a clutch hitter for this team. He ended up hitting two fifty nine. Still, it's not that's not horrible. It's like that's actually not bad whatsoever. After I think, his start too. Yeah, that's so. That means he, yeah, he did have a good second half of the year, which is promising. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I th- I think the off season will help him a lot. I think a new hitting coach and all that will help him a lot. I think another year in the league will help him a lot. I think being at second, I don't know how much that matters, but I, it definitely won't hurt having your position known. Um, yeah, I I just think, you know, I feel like being a shortstop too, and then we'll move on from this. Like you're tasked with being the quarterback of the infield, and he just—I don't think he's ready to be a leader. Like we we always talked about, you know, who would you build a team around? We actually had that conversation. Who would you build a team around? Glaber Torres or Aaron Judge? And I think the answer is fucking. The answer I think is we said Glaber in spring training. Yeah, <laughs> because he because he's younger and he had more. I mean, the, the idea was there. Like I wouldn't change my opinion then. It's just like wh- holy shit, were we wrong? That could have been made it on the back end of this. Award ceremony has worst takes, but just us all together is that, I mean, but like he, like I was saying, he is, when you're, when you're the starting shortstop coming into the year, you're the quarterback of the infield. Like you have a lot of responsibility on you on everything's on you to get everybody in shape. And like, you know, you're, you're anchoring that defense and he just doesn't have that. He's not a vocal guy. He's just kind of one of the guys that are there and he's just like happy to be there. He's like a Devers. Like, could you see Devers like firing up the team? No, he's supposed to just play well. And that's that. And he plays third, not shortstop. He can make some errors here and there. Like a guy who makes that many errors is never going to be the guy that can like anchor the defense down. And that's why we need yeah. a guy like Correa who could be, or Seager, but like, I, that's why I want Correa for that outspokenness who can, you can like build a team around and people will like rally around you. And I, I don't know. I want to move on from this, but you know, I, I think better days to come for Glaber. Agreed. And DJ Britain, no. Um, Gallo, no. Um, I hope Gallo, but I don't think so. Moving on to most likely to be sent to the Sun next year. This person could not have been sent to the Sun uh, at all this year, so they will be a new member of the Sun for the first time. First time Sun occupant next season. Uh, basically, most likely to regress. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time now, the being ongoing thing that we were talking about during the year was getting sent to the sun is not a place you want to go. So um, the nominees are Aaron Boone, since he will be back now, Joey Gallo, Miguel Andujar, and Glaber Torres. So 
Cool. If you guys, we just hyped up Glover Torres, so I'm not gonna say him. I'm going Gallo. I think Gallo's gonna win. Too. Well, we hyped up Glover Torres, but the fans voted. Right, I know. Uh, but for you think they think the way we do? I, admit. I think it's a two-headed race between Gallo and Glaber. I think for purposes of this podcast, I'm going with Gallo. What did you say, Chandler? I said I think it's a I think it's a two-man race between Gallo and Glaber, but I, my original pick was Gallo. I also said Gallo when the award started too. Keep in mind. Nice. Uh, I get it. So, this person hit for 160 this season, 707 OPS, 88 strikeouts, 13 home runs, and 93 OPS plus. His name is Joey Gallo. Those were his numbers with the Yankees specifically. And uh, honestly, just kudos to me that I just quickly searched up here comes the sun actually one second before it started playing so that was on the fly improv for me so you know claps to me but you can't take it now for copyright now yeah that's why i'm lowering it now but um <laughs> Shh, don't listen to youtube we're not doing anything wrong i promise this is <laughs> i mean this is the obvious pick we put boone down here before we even knew he'd be back and i don't know we haven't sent a manager to the sun but i think he could be the first um I guess our lens wasn't really looking at that because there was probably moments where he could have been sent to the sun. But, um, yeah, Joey Gallo, surprising that we didn't – I think we just slacked on this one. He should have been sent to the sun at, at lots of points. I when think he was we were all Yankees. optimistic. Yeah. yeah. It's, he wasn't here long enough to be like, okay, like we've had a full season of this guy sucking ass. Like let's send him to the fucking sun. Never. He was just back. such a big acquisition too. That I was like, okay. And it was he'll just, turn it uh, around. Time ran out so fast. We were just like, okay, well, you know, he's a childhood Yankees fan. It's his dream. Give him a second to get settled. And Everybody. Then <laughs> Everybody well, was but, a fucking childhood Yankees. But fan. the time he got settled, it was just like, oh fuck the season's over. And he is abysmal. You know why? Cause the childhood Yankees didn't fucking hit home runs or strike out. That was not what they did. And clearly yeah, well, maybe he, he got the emulation wrong. Yeah. I mean, the definition of getting sent to the sun is having horribly, horrible stretches. And of all these players, like Gallo is a streaky player. I can foresee him having a fine year and still being sent to the sun because he just has a moment like, like Stanton. Obviously, we're going to give him a little longer of a leash because we know how fucking good he is. But, like, guys who streak are, end up being really streaky and get really cold, like, that's when you get sent to the sun. You got to do a lot of shit to get sent to the sun. Speaking of which, the next award is the Sun Meister. These, oh, these people did a whole hell of a lot of shit this season. And these guys all have spent time on the sun and got very comfortable there. Some were sent and never came back. All of these ended the season on the sun. Um, so the sun meister, the sun mayor, mayor of the sun, the nominees are Nick Nelson, Brooks Krisky, Jay Bruce, and Andrew Heaney. I know the answer, so I'm not going to say anything, Chandler. I mean, I feel like Heaney is the... I think Heaney is the for sure slam dunk answer, but I think that Brooks Krisky deserves... Some recognition here. <laughs> like, 
what Brooks Krisky did in his time here should not go unrecognized. It's Andrew Heaney. <laughs> this was a absolute runaway. Like, not even fucking close. I, I think there were three three votes given to other people. No, I'm kidding. There was, there was occasional votes here and there for other people, but like Who came 99% of pe- the votes went to Andrew Heaney. Second place was... Uh, I think it was Brooks Krisky. I didn't write. I wrote down who came in second and third for all the other ones, but this one was so so lopsided that I didn't even write down who came in second because it didn't matter. Like it showed me the bars of like who was voting. It almost it like wasn't even. I, I could barely see it. Like who came in second? Which bars were bigger? Yeah. No. I, I hope mean, Andrew Heaney listens to this podcast. I don't. Um, his numbers with the Yankees. Is he back next year? By the way. Uh, I don't we have to think deal so. with that. Well, we well, he won't be on. Him. Yeah, he won't be on the Yankees. Hopefully, he fucking might be. He got like eight or nine starts. God, I fucking hope not. His numbers with the Yankees this year: seven three two ERA, thirty five <laughs> innings, thirty five innings pitched was, which is so much, just agony. Every inning he was in was a fucking home run or or a ah. It was so bad. Like the, he should have realistically, he was on the sun. I think this is where we can measure this. He made it to the sun, probably at like ten innings pitched, and then he subsequently had twenty five more innings pitched <laughs> while on the sun. Like he, we I have his. These are hold on, these his are his numbers. Start. These are his numbers on the Yankees. But I should have. I should have a breakout of his numbers while while he was He's, on the sun. He set the record for most home runs in a Yankee debut. He broke a record, a bad record, and his first time ever putting on fucking pinstripes, he broke the record for most home runs given up. Yeah, it's 13 home runs allowed. Well, he gave up four in his first start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But for the year with the Yankees, 13 in 35 innings pitch. That's not good. Um, wow, that's bad. And, yeah, no, just bad. We're moving on from that. I, I hope to never see his his name Again, I had dreams. I had nightmares of of seeing Andrew Heaney pitching in baseball in in meaningful baseball games because Remember I know when that. he came in against the Orioles and blew a three run lead. Yeah. Uh, so we got about four more of these. So next one we want to do was the Brinks Truck Award, which we talked a lot about this. So I'll keep this brief. This is basically the number one free agent we want in the offseason. We talked about who the people we wanted. And we wanted to see where you guys were at because, you know, we want to see where everybody else is at. Now, this person we're going to pursue because we're, we're with you guys through and through. We're gonna, this is going to be the number one target for us. Not that that fucking changes anything. But actually, it kind of does because last offseason, we spoke multiple moves into existence. Neither of those panned out. But I did say I wanted Darren O'Day. That didn't really work out too well, but we just do still have him. And... uh I did say I wanted Corey Kluber. We did get him. That didn't, I'd say those worked that was out success. decently. That was, I mean, that was, when he was O'Day just got hurt. Well, no, I'm saying I think Kluber was a success. He threw a no-hitter. I mean, Darren Day had that one stretch where he was lights out, and then, you know, he's hurt. He's just yeah, old. See, that just proved like that the move made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, nominees are, like I said, or I didn't say them, Corey Seager. Starlin Marte, Carlos Rodon, and Carlos Correa. What do we think? I think Marte won that. No fucking way. I 
Corey Seager. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, I agree. I agree with that. I just putting myself in people's shoes. That's all. Corey Seager's numbers this year: three oh six batting average, one forty five OPS plus, nine fifteen OPS, sixteen home runs. It's exactly Andy what we need. Sign me up. And he plays shortstop. So. Take that twenty five home runs in Yankee Stadium. Yep. Well, he also missed like sixty games, if I'm not mistaken. Take that so. forty five home runs. There he is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the second place was Correa, which, not really shocked. I think a lot of people are on the same team as, like... Fuck it, let's just win. Yeah, like, I, I think it's okay. Like, everybody, a lot of people have looked past it. I can't picture Correa without his, like, really shitty facial hair. Yeah, I don't know. It's a part of what makes him such an asshole, is I just see his, like... like his patches... Yeah, it's like patchy ass beard, and I see him. It's like, ugh, fucking, fuck you, fuck you, double. Yeah, and we've we've spoke a lot about this, and we still this, this is this is a big time. We'll talk about these all off season. Starla Marte, I you know everybody knows how I feel about that. I fucking want Starla Marte in pinstripes. It makes sense, and that I don't think that these are, you know, in like I don't think these are mutually exclusive. Like you can't just only have one of them. Is that the correct way to? Say that? Um, no, but yeah. I know you're you can't have one without the other. I don't know. I think that is. I true. did see a prediction that I think Brandon they can Lockridge get, could I make think his debut both. in 2022. Friend of the pod. That'd be sick. That would be fun. Friend we of the know pod. That guy. We do know. I would that rather guy. see Lockridge in center field than Starlin Marte. I, I agree. I'm with you. Just because we had beers with him, so like that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, shout out us. Next one, <laughs> moment of the year. We all nominated our favorite moments this season. The nominees for moment of the year are, because there were some good moments that happened this year. So I want to highlight those. Number one. Well, not, not number one, but one of the nominees are Stanton's go-ahead Grand Slam versus Boston at the end of the season. That was Damon's nominee for moment of the year. Stanton's home run go-ahead in the Field of Dreams game. That was Murph's. Nominee for moment of the year. Kluber's no-hitter was Chandler's nomination for moment of the year. And Lasagna's bases loaded jam. Actually, that was an honorable mention. Uh, Cole versus the Astros was my nominee for moment of the year. And I I don't think that's the moment of the year. I just put that in there because you guys took mine. But that was, that needed to be in there. So the winner of that, and what do we think the fans voted for that? I think Stanton Ground Slam for recency bias and just pure excitement. Yeah, I'm saying just so everyone agrees with me. It is the San Grand Slam versus Boston. That was a landslide. Only really? second. Yeah, uh, that was the dream second. That one was not very close. Uh, second was the no hitter. Third, really? third field of dreams. Fourth, Cole versus Astros. Huh. Interesting. I was shocked that that was a landslide. Maybe it is recency bias again, but I don't know. I genuinely was most excited when that happened. No, the Grand Slam was fucking sweet. Like, the no-hitter was sick, but, like... The the no-hitter, we were also just, like, not scoring. It was, like, a 1-2-0 or two zero game. It also was, like, we were wasn't an important game. It was, like, a exactly. random, like, Thursday or something. It was, a, it was a Wednesday night. And yeah. A Wednesday night in Texas. Cooler becomes part of history. No, On Cooler bobblehead night. Yep. In Texas. They had extra Kluber bobbleheads, and they were given away. It was like variety night. It was all like it was like Lance Lynn was in that too. 
They were just giving away extra ones that are no out, longer on the team. Out the storage night. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when a person gets traded and you go to the MLB store, they have all like, the shirt jerseys and everything of like Rizzo. And, yeah, they're all on sale. Like, why would you want those? So they were just giving those away. Bobbleheads, that's that's better to have than a shirt jersey or something like that. But I have I have bobbleheads like Zach Britton when he's on the Orioles or like Chapman on the on the Reds. Like those are fun. Those but cool. like why would you want like you have to wear the shirt? Like, that would be that's stupid. Um, next next award and good for Stan for coming home with uh with uh with an award here some hardware first one like Very I said well before deserved. on the nominations episode the person who comes away with the most awards in this entire award ceremony is is named uh what did I what did I say was named you said they're our favorite player next year the boy the boy of one sixty first Street I uh, just. That's we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah, one sixty one man. No, the boy of one sixty first street. One sixty one man. The boy of one sixty first street sounds like a superhero. Yeah. Well, Where to be rank? named later, but there we'll put nominations up for that, and you guys can vote for whoever takes the most hardware back tonight. And we have to just absolutely love them. Can just Un- no, nothing unconditional they, support. Unconditional support from this team right here, and nothing they can do will change that. And where uh, do you rank this award for Stanton? And his like career accolades. I I put it at one A one B with the MVP. Yeah, it's definitely in the trophy case. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make. We might sure have to send him something. Picture. I think we should. Yeah. We'll send him a shirt. We'll make figure out what the name is. Yeah. Of what he, he's going to be. Yeah. I think we so, should get him a really same. shitty plastic trophy. Speaking of which, he is also nominated for the next award called the Iron Balls Award, and that award was honestly nominees are Lasagna, Stanton, Judge, and Odor. Iron Balls Award is just basically, you know, who has the most balls in clutch situations, most clutch Yankee. This award, this name was given to somebody. So, like, that lasagna created this. We called lasagna Iron Balls because of moments where he just has had Iron Balls. So, like, my vote is being swayed by that, and I, I, I honestly would put lasagna here. I would too. Honestly, Stanton, when you first said it, I was thinking him, but I think I think the most realistic choice of the people is probably Judge. Really? Yeah, he was. I was going to say Stanton again, but I also personally Judge is really good in clutch spots. I know, but I think Stan had a a few more memorable ones because they were in later parts of the the game. True, yeah. true, and more like go ahead stuff. Um, I do just want to say Odor because. Odor, Odor deserves fucking clutch. Well, he's had he probably had like twenty one hits, and they were all in clutch spots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the nominees, like I said, are those, and the winner of the Iron Balls Award is Giancarlo Stanton. Nice. That's two back to back right now. He's he's currently the leader right now, is he not? Uh, No one else has two. You you have all the results. Yeah, nobody else has two. Yeah, wow, nice. Loisega doesn't have a. Uh, he came in second. Loisega came in second here. Loisega has been coming in like second and third in a lot of them. He he was well nominated, but he's just been coming in second. It sucks, but like Stanton, it, I think was the real answer here. And I think recency bias that in this spot is fine because he did it in October. That's the most recent. Like that's when it mattered when we were in a playoff race. Like all, if I mean the whole last month of the season was October essentially, and he that's when he turned it on. So it's like okay, you know, recency bias or not, those were the clutch spots where you 
if you perform there, you have iron balls. So that I'm okay with. That's I'm okay. And this was not a landslide, but I'm a, I would have also put my vote in here. Uh, his he had the highest OPS by a Yankee hitter in postseason history. Uh, the third highest, I mean, behind Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Giancarlo Stanton, Reggie Jackson. That's that, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's good. that's crazy. Good company. Minimum fifty plate appearances. That's that's wild, wild, wild. He had twenty go ahead hits, by far the most on the Yankees. Home run game in the wild card. Yeah, he would have if it wasn't if it was at Yankee Stadium, probably. Just wild, and I'm glad we have Stanton. And if you wanted to trade him, then go fuck yourself, Damon. Um, Next, what were you thinking? What do you mean? Good segue. What were you thinking, Award? Uh, what were you thinking? Worst take on this show, and the nominations are but these are these are nominations we put out about ourselves. The nominations for this award are trade Stanton. <laughs> Damon Romeo said that. Um, he, when did you say that? It was very early on. But I think it was around the deadline. No, come on! I did not say that. I said it very early on in the season. I remember I said, the episode. It was in May. I remember it. That's pretty fucking early. Yeah. Regardless, it's incorrect and it's a bad take. That's why it's that's, <laughs> it that's, why, that's why it's here. The next one is Murph said that Cashman had an A plus offseason. I believe the exact words were <laughs> uh Cashman really left his paper to the last second and just got an A plus because he threw together a bunch of moves at the end. Yeah, which which analogy. hold on. We all were we were we were, we were pretty happy about the offseason just because of like and it did come together at the end. We were but, excited because of DJ. Yes, and in hindsight, and then the Kluber uh, the Kluber move made sense. It was, it's exciting. Like he might get a possible resurgence. Like that's you might just catch lightning in a bottle there. Um, the Darren O'Day thing, I was just super pumped about. Um, Jameson Tyone, you never knew what you you might get lightning in a bottle there too. Like. The moves weren't horrible, horrible, but the way it panned out and him saying an A-plus offseason, not a good take. Uh, did not, that aged like fucking milk. So next one, I said <laughs> this one. <if> you, <laughs> you want to talk about aged like milk. This was the worst take I think anybody in who's ever had a microphone in front of them has ever had. And I'll say it. Hand up. It's bad. This is. I said Clint Frazier will be a top three left fielder <laughs> and and mind you, I'm not talking about on the Yankees because he's still not even the top three left fielder on the Yankees. <laughs> I said he'll be a top three left fielder in all of baseball, and he is not playing baseball. And this isn't laughs because he's he's dealing with some shit right now. But the take, bad one, not a good one. Currently not playing baseball. Don't know if he will be. Yeah, I mean, Clint, I, Clint I, I feel bad for you. I'm not shitting on you, Clint. But, I mean, whew, was I wrong? I will say I did support this take, so I'm not going to completely throw you under the bus because I did, not. I did support this because I'm still a huge Clint fan and I did want him to be, you know, you shunned Clint. Fielder. What? You shunned Clint. Towards the end of the year, but... Bullshit. You shunned him in like May. Yeah, no, it was early Damon on. was on a hot right, take. May, was, May must have been a crazy month for me, I guess. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. Must have been pissed off. Bad day at work. Yeah. Whatever. Making me work late. Fuck you, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the and, cold. and the Fuck la- you, Clint. and the last one was Miggy is the Doge coin of MLB, and that was Chandler's take. Miggy just hasn't done it. Well, <laughs> he, either has Doge he, coin, he did so. come at Doge coin has not done it anymore either. 
everything else is up, and I guess that's that's not the same with Miggy because everything else is not up on the Yankees. But yeah, Miggy, not not really. Uh, I believe the exact thing you said, and we did put out a quote of this, is like Miggy's the Dogecoin, and they'll be buying up as much as I can. I'm buying up all the stock in him. I actually made a coin with Miggy's face on it, and it was like the Dogecoin coin, and uh, yeah. did not age well. Not a good take. And uh, yeah, so. As a proud Dogecoin owner, I'd, I'd take that one back. So if you guys had to choose who you think the worst take would be out of us, it has to be you. I think it has to be me also. I agree. All bad takes, but it's me. <laughs> it's the worst take by far. I mean, the dude isn't playing baseball, and, and we don't know if he will. Um, yeah, nothing against Clint, but that's, that is the worst take. I, I'll Hand up, bad one. I mean, that, that'll happen. We are in the business of making takes. Some won't work. Some will be really bad. Some hey, will be good. Bat, if you bat 300, you're a Hall of Famer, so... Well, you got to do a few other things too. But yeah, if you've had 300, you, you got a shot at the Hall of Fame. You're an above average player if you're right 30% of the time. Okay, Luke. That's and if you just don't, a thing. You don't have to be an asshole about it. The thing is, though, never mind. Uh, next in, take of the year. I didn't put this one up as a poll because I feel like this needed more context to. Like, I, I there wasn't enough space on an Instagram story to, <laughs> to put up these because mine is like. And every, you, if you're listening, know and have seen these on social media, as I said, like, it's being bad good. And basically what I said there was that we were so bad, and I'll, I'll be short about this because this is a long, drawn-out, like, it, was, it was convoluted. And what it basically was is, like, we were so bad, and we had names that were good on paper, and they were underperforming too. And since we were so bad, we were forced to buy extra assets that we would not have done otherwise at the deadline had we been good from the start. And on paper, after the deadline, we're now we now have a better team on paper. And if the te- the players that were playing bad decide to play good again, then we then we're cooking with gas, and we're actually better off that way. It ended up being true. We got Gallo and Rizzo because of that. It didn't obviously pan out. Like we didn't win the damn thing, but the premise still remains the same. We were a better team because of it. Uh, this was coming off a horrible time. We were 500 at this point when I said this too. Uh, well into the season as well. So uh, next one, a little more clear cut, was Chandler in the roll call episodes early on in the season said, Loazga is being groomed as the next closer. We all actually laughed in his face. This is one of the ones that all like we were pretty much all on the same team with, with a lot of these takes. Like the bad the bad takes, we all weren't, like nobody really shat on each other for these takes. We're shitting on them now, but in the moment, we did not, Accept this take. I did, you I guys just, were very, very rude about it, and it was right after roll call. It was in like, I think it was after the first week of the season. He got like three or four appearances, and had a zero ERA, and was at like sixteen Ks per nine. I was like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here it is. And you guys just, it was, it was my rounding third in an episode, is what it was. I just, I mean, there was no reason to to think that he could. At that yes, point in time, at that point, other than the raw talent, like everything we've seen prior was just wild. Like it's, I don't know. He ended up taming it all. It's crazy. The one AD. That's why he was best surprise. One of the best surprises. Didn't come home with the hardware, but uh, yeah, the the winner for this one because I mean, Murph had one also. He said, "I don't want to see Bruce Dietrich." I mean, that's like barely take. He was rushed. 
And Damon did not give us a take, but Damon, I don't have any good takes. That's why Damon kind of just Damon's <laughs> yeah. a listener and a, a responder to other takes. Just Isn't, play the tape from Damon's May. We can probably find. Tape. I probably had some. I'll just keep track of my ones from now yeah. on because just oh, just only in the month much. of May. Damon's very fiery in the month of May. We've learned. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's where all my takes come out. So the the winner of this one, we didn't vote because we didn't put it on the story because it would have required. I'm giving it to Chandler. I'm gonna give it to Chandler too because yours actually worked out. Mine. Did work out on paper, but then did not. We like if we won the World Series because of Rizzo and because of Gallo, I win. But his takes a lot more direct too. It's like this well, is that's what's why going I, on. This was happening. Yeah, if I put that up as as a poll, like, I wouldn't get a single vote because mine would say is being bad good unless yeah. you knew the context. And then his says Luizga for closer. <laughs> <laughs> so if I put that up, you would get literally every single vote. Not, not everyone. Would I would be good, vote, or I would vote this, for myself. Here's this paragraph and a half about why I think being bad is good. Yeah, I would have had to give so much context. It's like, no, but you don't understand. It's actually, or I would put an entire paragraph as a separate story post before it. Like, all right, so I'm going to put a poll up on the next story. See, so what happened was. And just to, just to give you a, a preliminary rundown as to what you need to know going into this poll before you vote. So this is basically what I, what I said, and like, don't listen to what he said. And I would make your right. poll like the, the tiniest little thing like, oh, yeah, and over here is the wise going to be the closer. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could beat that take. In April, calling no, good one. of that. Good one. Miggy Dogecoin. Yeah, fucking Clint Frazier, top three left fielder. Oh, I, I kind of love that. That was such a bad take. Fantastic content. Um, next and final award that we're going to give out this this uh, award ceremony. I think it's it's a, probably a good one to keep at the end because they've been around the longest. It's a Silver Fox Award. Mm-hmm. People who age like fine wine, the nominees for the Silver Fox Award. And this is another one where this award was created out of like a, a nickname for somebody that we... That we said during the year, I always called Darren O'Day the Silver Fox. I'm in love with Darren O'Day. Um, don't know why I don't have his bobblehead yet. I'm gonna that's gonna add that to Carter as soon as we stop recording here. But uh, the nominees for this one are Darren O'Day, Corey Kluber, Lucas Licky, and Gardy. And the minimum age here is 34 years old. It's basically the best scrappy veteran on the team. Very important part of the team. You need to have a scrappy fucking veteran because if you don't. I don't know. You get the you get the experience out of them. They don't cost a lot. I just think it's a perfect. This is a this is a very sought after award. If we, if we're gonna pick anybody to walk away from this award ceremony and actually be proud of this award, it's it's the Silver Fox Award. Out of respect, I have to go Gardner. I agree. It's gotta be. It is Brett Gardner. Yeah, I mean, the man was fucking, didn't have an awesome, awesome year, but everybody was pissed that he was back, and it's like, I, including me, hand up. I wasn't super happy because I thought he was going to take time away from Clint, and I didn't want that. Little, lo and behold, Clint took time away from Clint. So, that being said, if he's back this year, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't agree. I think it's, it's fine. I think he's going to come back. If we bring him back for like, Okay, when does this end, though? Every year we it do the same thing. Like, he, he played 140 games. He's no, he thirty. Did he did. A 140. 140 games is listed nope. on his baseball reference. Way. 
That's I don't know so if that oh, if crazy. that maybe the defensive replacement games like that counts also. But regardless, the game, oh, look, a game started is different than games played. Regardless, he was in 140 games this year. I'm looking at right now. His his numbers this year. While you're looking that up, 222 batting average, 10 home runs, 90 OPS plus. Not bad. 689 OPS. Yeah, this bad. That's below average. But for Brett Gardner at like 39 no, years old. That is fine. How old is he? 37. I, I actually wasn't that far off. I was trying to be like outrageously. Except, oh my God. Where's game started? Right. Turns out it's actually not on here. Yeah, no. 140 games. 461 plate appearances. That's a lot. In 2019, he had 550. Like, just to put in perspective, like, yeah. he's getting a lot of at bats. He had um, very similar numbers to him as an everyday starter. Let's just, yeah, so when he played, he played a fuck ton. Let's just put it at that. And you got that for one year, $10 million contract or something yeah, like it is. He played 140 games. That's real. Yeah. If he's if he's going to come back next year, which I, th- I mean, you can't say that no. you don't, you can't say that you 40. don't want him back because he's going to cost less than what he costed this time around. We bring him back and we offer him like a, like a, a year long Supply to like Dave and Buster's, like he'll come back. I don't want him back. Give the minor why league not guys, though? Because he's because give the fucking minor league guys a chance. How are we ever gonna get a center fielder replacement if Estevan Florial and I say no. Brandon Lockridge jokingly, but he's right there as well. I'm not like, saying be the center fielder. I'm saying be. Guys, I'm I saying don't care. I don't center care. field depth because he's going to cost five million dollars. Okay, Esteban Florial can cost- never be a he can never be a backup because Bre- he can if you get Starlin Marte. Esteban Florial cost five hundred grand. My my wish million. list. My wish list for this offseason, Way too early. Bring up Esteban Florial. Go get Starlin Marte. Resign Guardy. That's your that's your center field room. No. No, 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 no. I think you, you should make Guardy the bench coach. Jackie yes. Moon. Jackie no. Moon it. Jackie That's Moon it. minus playing. I love Brett Gardner. He did an awesome job this year. You're never going to figure out what you have in the outfield if you keep bringing him You back. think he should just ride off into the sunset? Yes, for fuck's sake. Stop bringing him back. You're doing a detriment to the rest of the team. He should be and a third base coach. That's fine. <laughs> He's bald. He can do it. He can be angry. That's the only requirement is to be bald. I think he shouldn't wear a helmet if he coaches third. Yeah. Just and like, he has to wear his pants down. <laughs> All right. This is a super long episode. I was just about to say, I feel like we've been talking for a long time. It's an hour and 49 minutes. Jesus. So we're giving the people what Are people want. still listening? Yeah. Oh, hope so. Nice. How's it going, guys? If you made it this far and you haven't given <laughs> us a review yet, what the fuck? <laughs> we need those. We do. Keeps the lights on here. If you can give us a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Go subscribe to the YouTube to watch these episodes live. Just search up in your search bar when you go to YouTube first, youtube.com. Bronx Pinstripes. I know it's confusing. We're on there. We're under them. So like we, we do their YouTube. So right over there, you do the episodes the night before. Right now it's 1127 on a Thursday. This episode's going out to the public via Everywhere else internet. tomorrow morning on the internets. And uh, yeah, if you want them early, go check out the, the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. A lot of fun things are going to go on there throughout the offseason and going forward. Yeah, 
a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff. This is, uh, I think this is the first episode where we officially send it off to the offseason. Now we can just get wild. I wonder what <laughs> yeah. Steve and G are up to. Steve and G. Steve and G, if you're, if you're here at hour two of this podcast, hit us up. Let's go play some trivia again. Maybe we'll bring that back. Yeah. I'd love to do that. All right. That'll do it for me. Should have done it from, from me like an hour ago, but that'll do it from us. Uh, peace. Enjoy your Fridays. Happy Friday. Hope you're doing something fun, everybody. Sexy thing.